Ukraine says it shot down six hypersonic missiles fired by Russia. Victoria Kim Daniel Victor Lara Jakes Daniel Victor Daniel Victor Andrew Higgins Video player loading Ukraine's air defense intercepted six hypersonic Kinsel missiles fired by Russia early Tuesday, Ukrainian officials said. If confirmed, the strikes would be further evidence of Ukraine's ability to shoot down one of the most sophisticated conventional weapons in Moscow's arsenal. In one of the largest aerial assaults since early March, Russia also launched nine caliber cruise missiles from ships in the Black Sea, three short-range ballistic missiles from land and a number of drones, according to the commander-in-chief of Ukraine's armed forces. All of the drones and missiles were shot down, the military said. It was not immediately clear how many of them were aimed at the capital, Kiev, which local officials said was targeted overnight with an exceptional blitz of missiles and drones. The skies over Kyiv lit up around 3 a.m. with thunderous explosions as air defenses collided with the incoming missiles, raining debris across the city. The statement from Ukraine's Air Force about the Kinsels came quickly. Ukraine, until recent months, did not have the capability to intercept Kinsel missiles and had pressed allies for American-made Patriot air defense systems that it hoped would provide protection. It has been unclear whether even the Patriot could intercept hypersonic missiles, which were thought by many experts to be too fast to be detected by radars in time for traditional air defense systems to respond. But on May 4, Ukraine's Air Force said it had for the first time managed to intercept a Kinsel using a Patriot, a confirmation that took more than 24 hours. Three senior U.S. officials confirmed that shootdown and said they had received information about the strike from the Ukrainian military through classified channels. One official added that U.S. military analysts were able to verify the claim using technical means. Nevertheless, independent analysts were reluctant at the time to confirm the interception until more information was available. Hypersonic missiles are long-range munitions capable of reaching speeds of at least Mach 5, five times the speed of sound, or more than a mile a second. Some Western analysts have remained skeptical about Moscow's claims of hypersonic capacity, calling the missiles modified versions of existing conventional munitions, new wine in old bottles. The aerial assault over Kyiv early Tuesday was the eighth large-scale attack on the city this month, Ukrainian officials have said the attacks were aimed at exhausting their air defenses. Tuesday's barrage was extraordinary in the number of attacks launched at the capital over a short period of time, said Serhiy Popko, the head of Kyiv's military administration. At least three people were injured by the debris, according to the city's mayor, Vitaly Klitschko. Several cars caught fire, a building was damaged and debris fell onto the grounds of the Kiev Zoo, Mr. Klitschko said. None of the animals or workers were injured, the mayor said. Kiev's air defenses have been largely successful at shielding the capital from major damage in the recent spate of attacks, which followed a lull of nearly two months. The bombardment took place as President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine posted video of himself on a train returning to Kyiv after a four-country tour in Western Europe during which he secured pledges for even more air defense systems, attack drones and armored vehicles. Britain promised air defense missiles and drones in addition to the long-range cruise missiles it recently delivered. Germany said it would provide a nearly $3 billion package including 16 air defense systems, more than 200 drones, leopard tanks and armored fighting vehicles. The State of the War P. 
Peace Prospects Ukraine's planned counteroffensive against Russia has overshadowed talk of a potential negotiated settlement in the conflict, but some Western officials say the next phase of the war could create momentum for diplomacy. German military aid Germany announced a nearly $3 billion military package for Ukraine, its biggest yet and a notable increase after criticism of its contributions. The move is part of an effort by both nations to reset rocky relations. The battle for Bakhmut The fight for the eastern city is now the war's single, longest and bloodiest battle. Although the Ukrainians are making small gains, Russia still controls about 90% of the largely ruined city. The Council of Europe, the main institution governing human rights on the continent, begins a summit in Iceland on Tuesday, with discussions among the heads of state to include what steps they can take to support Ukraine in its defense against Russian aggression. The toll of the war in Ukraine, and how the rest of Europe can best help, is expected to be a major focus of the gathering, only the fourth since the Council was established in 1949, after World War II. Leaders from many of the Council's 46 member nations are expected in person, but President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine, who has been on a whirlwind tour of Europe in recent days, is likely to attend virtually. Ukraine must take center stage at the summit, the Council's Secretary General, Maria Pedsonovic Burek, said in a statement. She added that accountability for the death and destruction caused by Russian aggression is vital, suggesting that the organization could take a leading role in establishing a record to document evidence and claims of damage, loss or injury in Ukraine as a result of Russia's invasion. Russia became a member of the Council in 1996, in the years following the dissolution of the Soviet Union, but was suspended from it last year after attacking Ukraine. The invasion goes against everything we stand for and is a violation of our statute and of the European Convention on Human Rights, Ms. Burek, told The Times in March 2022. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak of Britain, who is scheduled to attend the two-day event, will use these gatherings to push for sustained international support for Ukraine, both in terms of military aid and long-term security assurances, his office said in a statement. The Council, which is distinct from the European Union, was formed to uphold democracy, human rights, and the rule of law on the continent. It has a parliamentary assembly and governs the European Court of Human Rights, which decides cases brought from any member country. Its previous summits were in 1993, 1997 and 2005. The agenda is expected to touch on a number of hot-button issues besides Ukraine, including climate change and artificial intelligence. The Prime Minister of Iceland, Katrin Jakobsdottir, said in a statement that she would use this platform to champion the rights of women and girls, the environment, and children and youth. The meeting comes days ahead of the Group of Seven Summit in Hiroshima, Japan, which starts on Friday. Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, said in a statement that a unified response to the invasion of Ukraine would be an underlying theme of the summits, and that she would very strongly support the creation of a dedicated tribunal to bring Russia's crime of aggression to trial. An earlier version of this article misstated Ursula von der Leyen's title. She is the president of the European Commission, the European Union's executive arm, not of the European Union. How we handle corrections. 
the new long-range missiles, attack drones and tanks and other armored vehicles that President Volodymyr Zelensky has secured from allies in recent days will fulfill many, but not all, of the demands for weapons that Ukraine said it needs for a counteroffensive against Russia. Military analysts believe at least some of the latest tranche of Western weapons will be quickly sent to the front lines to cut off Russian supply routes and to strike at their artillery systems and command centers in Ukraine's south and east. Others may be delivered later, including in the autumn or beyond, to help Mr. Zelensky plan for future operations should the war continue to drag on. But the robust package, announced as Mr. Zelensky visited for European capitals over the last three days, may signal that Western officials now believe Ukraine could retake significant swaths of territory in the counteroffensive, said Jacob von Kierkegaard, a former Danish army intelligence officer. We wouldn't be committing this amount of weapons to Ukraine at this point if the thinking was that it was not likely that they would succeed, said Mr. Kierkegaard, who is now a senior fellow at the German Marshall Fund Research Group in Brussels. Some Western officials hope that if the Ukrainians make substantial gains of territory, they would have more leverage in any peace negotiations. Just last week, Mr. Zelensky had warned that the anticipated counteroffensive against Russia that was expected to begin this spring or early summer could be delayed unless Kyiv quickly received more weapons. European allies responded in a matter of hours. Perhaps the most significant commitment came from Germany, which on Saturday announced, just before Mr. Zelensky landed in Berlin, that it would send Ukraine 30 additional Leopard tanks and 20 armored fighting vehicles, 16 air defense systems, more than 200 drones and a slew of other arms and ammunition. The leaders of France and Italy also gave vaguer promises to send light tanks, ammunition and air defense systems. The additional Leopards and infantry fighting vehicles that Germany is sending as part of its package worth 2.7 billion euros, or nearly $3 billion, will be most useful on Ukraine's southern steppe, where the Russian-controlled terrain, Mr. Kierkegaard said, is well-suited for tank or maneuver warfare. But Max Bergman, the director of the Europe, Russia and Eurasia program at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington, noted that it was not clear that all of the newly pledged German tanks would arrive soon. Berlin has already delivered 18 Leopard tanks to Ukraine. However, he said, the commitment helps give Ukraine a degree of confidence as military planners prepare for a drawn-out battle. As of early March, only 31% of tanks and 76% of other armored fighting vehicles had been delivered to Ukraine for the coming counteroffensive, according to classified U.S. military assessments that were recently leaked, although American officials have said far more have been delivered in the months since. The Biden administration has also pledged to send 31 American-made Abrams tanks to Ukraine, but they are not expected to arrive until fall at the earliest. The new air defense systems that were promised may help ease American worries that Ukraine did not have enough to protect itself as the counteroffensive neared. For of the 16 air defense systems that Germany has newly pledged are considered among the most sophisticated on the market. The newly promised long-range storm shadow missiles, which Britain pledged on Thursday, help answer a long-standing request from Ukraine. The United States has so far resisted sending American long-range missiles to Ukraine, in part to avoid potentially escalating the war with weapons that Ukraine could use to reach into Russian territory. 
Mr. Kierkegaard said the long-range drones that Britain pledged on Monday are of particular threat to the Russian Navy's Black Sea Fleet in the Crimean port of Sevastopol and other sites in and near Crimea, including the Kerch Strait Bridge that connects occupied Crimea to Russia. Crimea has been a key staging ground for the Russians operating in captured territory in southern Ukraine. Robert Shanov, identified as a former employee of the U.S. Embassy in Russia, was arrested in the Russian city of Vladivostok and charged with conspiracy, according to the Russian state news agency TASS. The report did not identify his nationality. Vadant Patel, a State Department spokesman, told reporters at a briefing on Monday that he had seen the report but that I don't have anything additional to offer at this time. TASS, quoting an anonymous law enforcement official, said that Mr. Shanov was accused of collaboration on a confidential basis with a foreign state or international or foreign organization. He has been taken to Lefertovo prison in Moscow, TASS reported, and no court date has been set. Being held in isolation is commonplace at Lefertovo, a notorious high-security prison whose inmates currently include Evan Gershkovich, the Wall Street Journal correspondent who was accused of espionage in March, charges that his employer and American officials have strongly denied. It is also where Paul Whelan, a former U.S. Marine who is serving a 16-year sentence on what the United States has said are fabricated charges of espionage, was held for 20 months until his trial in 2020. He is now at a forced labor camp several hundred miles away. In the Soviet era, the KGB kept Soviet dissidents at the prison, and it has been used more recently to isolate opponents of the Kremlin. Corrections were made on May 15, 2023 Because of an editing error, an earlier version of this article incorrectly attributed a nationality to the former U.S. Embassy employee detained in Vladivostok. It is not known whether the person is an American, the TASS report did not identify the person's citizenship. An earlier version also incorrectly stated the whereabouts of Paul Whelan. He is not currently being held at Lefertovo Prison in Moscow, he is now at a forced labor camp in Mordovia, several hundred miles to the southeast of Moscow. How We Handle Corrections United States officials see continued indications that Iran and Russia are expanding their military partnership, with Russia having employed large numbers of Iranian drones against Ukraine and seeking to procure more, John Kirby, a White House spokesman, said at a press briefing on Monday. Iran has provided Russia with more than 400 one-way attack drones since August, most of which have been used against Ukraine's infrastructure as Russia presses its invasion, Mr. Kirby said, and discussions of buying more advanced weapons are now continuing. By providing the drones, Iran has been directly enabling Russia's war of aggression in Ukraine, Mr. Kirby said. Russia is also providing more defense cooperation to Iran, Mr. Kirby said, at a time when Iran is seeking to buy billions of dollars in Russian fighter jets, attack helicopters and Yak-130 combat trainer aircraft. Iran's ability to carry out destabilizing activities in the Middle East, he said, has only been heightened. The United States has tried to prevent the Iranian drone sales. It has choked off Iran's ability to produce the craft, made it harder for Russia to launch them and help Ukraine with its air defenses. Mr. Kirby said on Monday that the United States was using the tools at our disposal to expose and disrupt these activities, and we are prepared to do more. 
The United States, the European Union and Britain have sanctioned Iran for supplying the drones. Iran has denied sending them for use against Ukraine. In November, Iran's foreign minister acknowledged sending the drones to Russia, but said the deliveries had all taken place before the full-scale invasion began in February 2022. Western officials believe Russia and Iran have developed an alliance of convenience, one that flows both ways. Iran has bought billions of dollars' worth of military equipment, including fighter jets, from Russia, Mr. Kirby said. The partnership between Russia and Iran is directly enabling Iran's destabilizing activities in the Middle East, posing a threat not just to Ukraine, of course, but also to Iran's neighbors, he said. This is a full-scale defense partnership that is harmful to Ukraine, to the region in the Middle East and to the international community. Mr. Kirby also said the White House plans to help businesses and governments understand the Iranian drone program and related illicit practices so they can avoid inadvertently contributing to Iran's efforts. Amid swirling rumors about the health of President Alexander G. Lukashenko of Belarus, state news media on Monday released photographs of him, an apparent attempt to tamp down speculation that he was seriously ill. Mr. Lukashenko, a key Kremlin ally who usually receives fawning daily coverage from state-controlled news media featuring photos and videos, had not been shown since last Tuesday, when he attended events in Moscow and the Belarusian capital, Minsk, celebrating the Soviet Union's triumph over Nazi Germany in 1945. He skipped an annual ceremony on Sunday in Minsk for Belarus's Flag Day, an event at which he usually speaks, leaving his prime minister to read a statement. Europe's longest-serving leader and an avid sportsman, Mr. Lukashenko, 68, has since 1994 ruled Belarus, a former Soviet republic that depends on Moscow for financial aid and security assistance, with a firm grip. In the past, he has relished showing off his robust good health in public by rollerblading, playing ice hockey, and giving long speeches outdoors, regardless of the weather. But the official Belarusian news agency, Belta, and state television had for the past week recycled old photographs and film clips of him. Ukrainian officials and media fed a swirl of gleeful rumors around the health of Mr. Lukashenko, who is widely reviled in Ukraine for allowing Russia to use Belarus, which borders both nations, as a staging ground for its full-scale invasion in February 2022. An opposition news outlet, Euroradio, reported that Mr. Lukashenko had been taken by motorcade to a Minsk clinic on Saturday, but the country has not officially commented on his health. In what could be the most conclusive sign that he was ill, though perhaps not gravely, Russia's tightly controlled news media, which rarely comment on leaders' health, have in recent days reported that Mr. Lukashenko is unwell, citing Konstantin Zachelin, a senior Russian legislator who works closely with Belarus and other former Soviet republics. Mr. Zachelin was quoted as saying of Mr. Lukashenko that he just got sick, but it is not COVID. He gave no details and downplayed the severity of Mr. Lukashenko's condition. On Monday, Belta said that Mr. Lukashenko visited an Air Force command post and published what it said were photos of the leader that day. It was not immediately possible to independently confirm whether the photos were taken on Monday. The intense secrecy of closed countries like Belarus and Russia allows wild rumors about their leaders to take flight. For instance, President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia is regularly rumored to have multiple fatal diseases. 
The secrecy also makes it difficult to explain the deaths of apparently healthy officials, like Vladimir Makiai, the veteran Belarusian foreign minister whose sudden death in November set off feverish speculation of possible foul play. Natalia Novoselova and Riley Mellon contributed reporting.